Hi, everybody. Welcome back to American Muslim Project. I'm Asad Abad. It's been a couple of years since you last heard from me. Uh, after doing about 40 of these episodes of American Muslim Project, I had decided to take a break, and it turned out that that break was a little bit longer than anticipated. Since you last heard from me, a lot has happened. On the personal side, I've become a father. I now have a six-month-old baby girl named Isha. We're really excited to have her in our life. She's the light of my life. And our company, Rafaleon, is growing as well. We have a slew of new podcasts that you should check out. And we are actually producing our first movie, and I'm really excited to share that with our listeners. Our first movie is going to be a feature film called Ramadan America, and it's actually comprised of five short films about Ramadan and Eid. We're going to talk a lot about that in the upcoming season of American Muslim Project. You'll hear a lot from the writers and directors of those shorts. But yeah, we are back with American Muslim Project, this podcast, with new guests and a shorter, more focused podcast. We hope that you like the new format. As always, on American Muslim Project, we are talking with notable American Muslims that are doing cool things across different industries. First up is Nadia Butt. She's the host of the Inclusive Collective podcast, which is on the Rafaleon Network. And she's also a specialist in diversity, equity, and inclusion in the business world. She also happens to be my sister. We'll chat with Nadia after a message from our sponsors. Hey, Nadia. Welcome to American Muslim Project. Thanks for joining. Hi, Asad. Thanks for having me. So you're my second sibling that I've had onto the podcast. That is right. You're second and last. <laughs> yeah. Unless right. you get the in-laws, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Um, last time you were actually in the room when Maureen was recording her podcast, right? You were, you were like giving her pointers and stuff. I was. She's, I was totally like listening in. It was, she's she was not like, there. Right? She was like shooing me away. It was yeah. hilarious. She's not here today. You're, you're the media consultant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, no, thanks. I, I'm I'm excited for you to join. I think there's a lot for us to talk about and what you're doing. And, and I think I want to start with your research that you're doing. So you are ABD, which means all but what? All but dissertation? All but dissertation. So that's like the ABD. last step before someone goes to get their doctorate, right? So you're going to be... Uh, one of the last steps. Yeah, one no. of the final. It's a okay. milestone. It's a milestone? process. So yeah. this is like another 10 years is what, what what's going to I mean, happen? I'm really hoping for it to only be another maybe <laughs> six months to nine months. Oh, okay. oh, that's not bad. All right. You never know. The process, that's like a baseball it's a, season. Yeah, it's a journey, Essa. That's what yeah. I'm told. They say trust the process. Trust, yeah, I feel like you've been trusting it for about a dozen years right now. So... Yeah, so, um, so you are doing your studies or you're writing your dissertation or research on diversity, equity, and inclusion about Muslims, like how Muslims are in the workplace. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So like, why are you studying this? And like, tell me where you are right now. Yeah. So my research question, which I think is really important to start with. So uh, so my also, I just want to give a little kind of background around around my program. So I'm at the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. The program is um, so it's a doctorate in education and the focus is human and organizational learning and behavior. And so I focused really on like adult learning. So my research question that I was really interested in learning more around was, you know, what are the lived experiences of Muslim professionals in the workplace with different diversity, equity and inclusion efforts in their respective organizations. 
So that's the question I'm basically trying to, I wouldn't say solve for, but explore. Uh, now, so I call her Nad, by the way, everybody. Um, Nadia, maybe I should say officially. So yeah. I guess, yeah, tell me why you are interested in this. And like, how did you come to this after what you've been working for about 20 years? Like, how did you come to this? Yeah. So for about 20 years or so, I've been in the workforce and really just observed not only myself, but like other colleagues and peers and friends experiencing different forms of microaggressions and discrimination and kind of other folks having stereotypes around their identity, particularly their Muslim identity. And so I was just curious to research it more. Actually, when I first started the program, my research was not this. It was actually more around the Pakistani experience. Mm. And what I kind of, it evolved because I learned more around the intersectionalities of identities. And I was really curious about how Muslims, um, I think there's a stereotype that Muslims have this monolithic identity and we don't. Um, And typically the U.S. workplace has historically been predominantly dominated um, or comprised of homogenous races and culture, right? So you have like typically white men and and they're really, the workplace is founded on Christian values. Um, like if we think of even just the basic work calendar, it really includes holidays that are centered around Christianity. Yeah. Um, but as we know, the U.S. workforce is really increasingly shifting, right? Like the demographics are shifting. And we also know just through our eyes and also through the literature, both practitioner and academically, that diversity management is rising, right? Because of globalization, because of different kind of socio-political um, factors that are occurring, not just in the U.S., but around the world. And so there's this importance of building more diverse teams and also fostering more around inclusivity. Yeah. So we're finding more and more Muslims are in the workplace and more of them are vocal about their Muslimness, <laughs> however you want sure. to say it. And so yeah. and so you're setting like, you know, do Muslims take Eid off? Are Muslims comfortable praying, you know, somewhere in their workplace and that kind of stuff? Right. Yeah. Some. Yeah. I'm really just wanting to understand what their experiences are. I mean, I have my experiences. You have yours. We've both you and I have had we grew up in the same home. We had um, very similar experiences as it relates to going to the mo- the mosque, you know, for Sunday school, or learning more about Islam. But then, of course, as we grew older, we kind of had different experiences that, as it relates to, like, the relationship with your religion. And so the way you practice or believe and the way I practice and believe are very different, even though we grew up in the same home. And so what I'm really curious about is, like, how are Muslims, because we are, you know, a growing population— How are we um, experiencing the workplace, whether Mm. it is positive things, whether it's negative things, whether it's accommodations, whether it's these needs, because now there's such a drive for inclusivity and fostering the sense of belonging. You know, previously, for example, some Muslims who wanted to pray that, you know, we think about praying five times a day and how that's an obligation of every Muslim um, and the the Muslims that do practice that. Many Muslims don't. (laughs) Many Muslims who practice that, who practice that, you know the daily prayer ritual, they many of them did not seek accommodations or couldn't seek accommodations to be able to pray in their workplace because that, you know, prayers were throughout the day. And so there were many discrimination suits that, you know, ensued after that, or just people not even seeking, wanting to have this conversation with their manager. And then you have certain, you know, political and um, societal events that have occurred like 9-11 or the Muslim Trump ban. And that has been 
really fostering the sense of like concealing identity. It's been so interesting in the literature to see people that um, when you kind of talk to folks, they're wanting to like hide who they are. I love yeah. that you call it the Muslim Trump ban, as if the Muslims were banning Trump. As <laughs> I know. Opposed to the, it's sorry, as opposed it's to the, the Trump, Trump Muslim ban. The try. I mean, it might be both in yeah. general. Who I knows? That's my like. Yeah, it's the other way around. I apologize, but yeah, no. you know, we're as a as a population, Muslim Americans are racially and ethnically diverse in terms of their population, and so we we represent different races, ethnicities cultural um, backgrounds, occupational groups. And so I came to this kind of with my own personal and professional lens. I wanted to understand what other, it was kind of selfish to be honest with you. And it kind of has to be because you spent so much time (laughs) with your research. I really was curious what other professional Muslims were experiencing or are experiencing in the workplace. Yeah. And so, so that's what led me to this. So you're putting together a survey, right? And you're trying to talk to it how is, many Muslims? It's actually not a survey, oh, believe sorry. it or not. So I'm doing a quality. That's okay. I'm doing a qualitative study. So this is, by the way, these are the same questions dad asks. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait, so rewind. Tell me what you're doing. Yeah. It asks like um, seven times. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing a qualitative study. And um, what that means is essentially, um, I'm ga- I'm going to be seeking participants. So my my I've I've proposed my study. It is in what's called IRB review, seeking to get approval, which is the institutional review board. Once I'm approved, then I can go out and gather participants. And I really want to interview diverse group of Muslims all over How the country. How many looking for? How many? Like, I am looking. We're going to send out the link. How many do you yeah, want? Yeah, I I need eighteen to twenty. Oh, that's um, it. It's that's it. Like eighteen to twenty thousand. I thought you. No, no, you no. That's if you did like a quantitative okay. study. Right. So um, I'm doing qual- eighteen to twenty, but each person would be interviewed twice. Hmm. So it's roughly going to be about an hour and a half to two hours of your time. So it's ninety minutes the first interview, sixty minutes the second interview. Great. And um, I'll be basically asking you questions around your experiences of your Muslim identity. Um, how you kind of see yourself in the world. And then um, I'll be asking for your experiences in the second interview around your workplace experiences. So like relationships and dynamics on your team, with your colleagues, with your manager, things like that. Nice. Um, and really, this is all in the context of diversity management, because there's been such an increase around making kind of this this push for more inclusivity, belonging um, in the in the workplace. So I really want to understand like what what type of efforts are actually working, Yeah, if that makes sense. Uh, Nadia, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about your podcast and other stuff that you're doing. Welcome back to American Muslim Project. My guest today is my sister, Nadia Bud. We're talking about her initiatives in... Uh, the world of diversity, equity, inclusion, and her uh, dissertation. Nah, you have a podcast on our network, Rafaelion, um, that is about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, I think, and belonging yeah, in sure. <laughs> in the workplace. Uh, yeah. uh, how's that been going? I love it. So, yeah, we started this podcast in 2022. Um, we are we will be entering our fourth season um, in September of 2023. Um, it is a podcast where we talk about the kind of complexities of diversity, equity, inclusion in the business world specifically. Um, so we've been really fortunate to have awesome, wonderful, really talented people on our um, show as guests 
and I co-host this with my colleague Rob Hadley, um, who really focuses on the people analytics and data in the workplace. And yeah, we really talk with folks who are trying to advocate or push for inclusivity. They might be a founder who's focused on a product to push inclusivity. They might be a DEI expert. They might be like an investor who's seeking to really help a marginalized or minoritized um, you know, founder to launch their product. Yeah. Um, who's historically not had that type of support. So it's been a really great podcast and I will say that I've learned a lot from it. <laughs> I bet. I mean, me too. I mean, I was uh, you know, when I listened to it, I feel like you know, I went to business school, Nadia, as you know, as you did too. And I just feel like this is kind of a continuation uh, uh, of that, of just kind of like learning, I don't know, tips and tricks and like uh, cool products uh, to be a better manager. And God knows that I need to be a better manager as our producer, Ari, uh, will, will probably tell you. <laughs> Attest to, <laughs> Attest yeah. Attest to, yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to know what they actually think. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, what I, what I found really interesting is the number of guests that you have that are really working on cool, new, innovative products. Do you, any, any of them come to mind that you want to share? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We interviewed this company called humanly.io, the co-founders of it, and they are working the humanly bridges automated chat interactions and AI powered virtual interview analytics for high volume hiring and retention. I don't know what any of that means. I know, right? So basically how they explained it to us is that when there's an interview, the majority of bias comes in the form of interpersonal connections or interactions and decision making. And so a lot of folks, when they start looking at where diversity, equity, inclusion kind of efforts are, are, they'll start to look in the recruiting side of the house because that's when you're doing a lot of interviews and you're getting to know people. You're trying to see if, they, if their values align to the organization for hiring purposes. And so they built a tool that really helps you kind of mitigate the bias in the actual conversation that you're having. And so in many ways, it can be used as like a coaching tool to see if the recruiter said certain things or talked too fast or because there's a lot of studies and data around how people interview and show up for interviews and the bias that's related in that. I just want that's really interesting to me because, you know, I think my general approach to hiring has been throughout my entire career is like go with my gut feeling. And mm-hmm. um, and well, that, what's your you gut know. feeling based off of, though? Uh. I don't know. I mean, like, I yeah, think you're, I feel you're, I feel like I'm assessing people based on whether I, you know, want to hang out with them. Probably, <laughs> and like, yeah, whether I can trust them, right? That's affiliation bias, right? So, like, mm-hmm. oftentimes we tend to want to surround ourselves with people that likable, that relate to us, that can understand us. Maybe there's a power dynamic, so someone that you think will listen to you. And that's a problem because that all has bias in it. We also tend to hire people that are within our network that look like us um, or have similar interests. And so, so you're saying that Ari looks like me? <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that <laughs> there could very well be there could very well be a likability factor. There, yeah, I mean, totally. you you both are in you know the same state, so yeah. there could be that affiliation. You may have gone to the same university. There's also think about like your your experiences and how you grew up and kind of what your worldview is. You typically when you're hiring a recruiters go or a hiring manager typically wants statistically wants to hire someone that aligns to even like their societal or political views. Yeah, sure. 
And that doesn't drive innovation. That mm. doesn't drive that doesn't drive problem solving, right? That doesn't drive um, really getting to to understand different perspectives and point of views to really ultimately drive value for the organization. Yeah, and totally. so they created this product that I think is really really cool that you know folks should really check out. Um, and that was a really in- interesting experience to have them on and share their product. Yeah, sure, sure. No, that's really cool. You know, now that getting back to kind of the earlier conversation that we had, I was just remembering one of our friends, Farah, she was making fun of me because, you know, I'm running this company now and, you know, very focused on Muslim stories and Muslim podcasts and, and whatnot. And she was making fun of me because we didn't give Eid, we didn't officially give Eid off, right? And and my, <laughs> yeah. my rationale was that I was for our employees, I was like, you know, here's a bucket full of holidays that you can use as you wish. If you want to take either off, Flexibility. you can. Yeah. You know, I tend to work every day regardless, right? Even 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 the holidays. And I thought that was pretty funny that she was giving me a hard time. She's like, oh, even in a Muslim run, run company, you yeah. can't you don't get either off. I mean, that's that to me is such an a powerful reflection tool, to be honest with you, that someone in your network who doesn't work for the organization is pointing out to the CEO or leader of the company to say, hey, that's interesting. And now you're thinking about it. And the fact that you said even just now, well, I work every day. Well, then is that expected of your employees? And you might say no, it's not, right? Like you value that people take their time off. You value that people put in their personal time off or that they want to take a holiday off, for example. But the, the problem kind of – it becomes problematic because role modeling is such a key ingredient to behavioral change, organizational change. And so if they see you, for example, working on your holiday that you value, then it could become a norm or mm. expected of them, uh, anyone in the organization, that they work on their holiday. And yeah. that's where it becomes problematic. And that's totally. that's kind of the – that's my whole kind of goal of like really behavioral shift and mindset shift. Yeah. Maybe I should go start coaching you <laughs> yeah, I think that's on probably leadership true. here. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was just tell, talking to my team this week. Uh, I was like, you know, we really need to work on our, you know, uh, what I, what was it, Ari? I said guidebook, but I meant headbook um, uh, because I was, you know, now that we're kind of growing a little bit, I, you know, we need to be a little bit more forward on culture, right? And and to your point, you know, if we don't define culture, it'll kind of define it for us. So, yeah, I mean, we might need to hire you soon. Now, they, I got one sure. more question for you, and this is yeah. like the biggest question um, ever. Um, who is your favorite niece? Oh, my one and only Isha. You know, Isha, blood-related, but I have a lot of people in my life that when they listen to this, they're going to be like, what about me? Like my <laughs> best friend's kid, Maddie. Love her to pieces. But Isha, for sure, she is <laughs> Isha's the my five-month-old uh, daughter who turned five. Yeah, just, uh, just five the summer. Five months today. So, yeah, today, oh, yeah. yeah. So, Well, Nadia, I can't thank you enough for joining uh, American Muslim Project. Um where can people find you? One place. Yeah. One one place is LinkedIn. Um, Nadia Butt is my name. Um, and if uh, you'll notice when I post on there, you'll notice that I'll be seeking participants for my study. So if uh, you fit the criteria, which will be listed, please, please, please consider participating because your voice will be really important to the bridge of practitioner and academic research. Great. Thanks, Nadia, so much. We'll share links on uh, how to find Nadia in that survey. Um, That's the show. That's the American Muslim Project. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you to producer Ari. 
And we'll see you all next week. Thank you. Be well.